you get to a point where people don't know the difference between what is real and what is false. You don't say. Yeah, I think we're at that point. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something ain't right. It is not. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the here I am from Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles. This is the broadcast. Thanks for listening from KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A., up in Oregon on KYAQ on the Central Coast and Queso in Cottage Grove, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, in Maui, Hawaii on KAKU, in Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, in Palinville, New York on WLPP, Grand Rapids, Michigan's WPRR, New Orleans, WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, Seattle, Washington's KODX, Red Bluff and Redding, California's KFOI, Round Mountain, California's KKRN, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast to coast. And around the globe every day, as you may have heard, on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Workforce Rising, and Detour Talk, amongst other fine affiliates, blanketing planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow. Says me from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Wowzer, uh, you know, it has been an exceptionally bad week for this president. Uh, and that's saying quite a bit, Desi Doyen, <laughs> uh, as we go from week to week to week. I know, I know. It's every he week has, is a year. Yeah, it really is. Uh, but uh, this one, really bad for him. He has been reeling from one scandal after another after another with Michael Cohen, uh, his his personal lawyer, business associate, acknowledge, acknowledging this week that he uh, paid $130,000 uh, to a porn star just before the 2016 election to keep her from going public that uh, Trump and her had had some sort of a tryst. The New Yorker is reporting today that a former Playboy Playmate also had an affair with Trump around the same time. Money was also used to keep that story out of the public. The uh, scandal continues over the now-resigned alleged wife abuser Rob Porter, who served as the White House staff secretary for many, many months after the White House had uh, reportedly learned about that problem and that he couldn't get a security clearance, a permanent security clearance, as it turns out that um, he and more than one uh, 100 other top administration officials have had the same problem, including the president's daughter, Ivanka, his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, and even the White House counsel, Don McGahn, cannot get so far permanent security clearance more than a year after uh, Trump took office for some reason. Trump's EPA administrator, Scott Pruitt, is under fire for using first-class uh, seats to fly all over the place. An inspector general report finds that Trump's veterans affairs chief, 
uh, doctored email and lied to use uh, in order to use government funds to fly his wife to Europe. Trump's immigration reform scheme went down in flames in the U.S. Senate. A federal appeals court blocked his Muslim travel ban again. Another federal court blocked his attempt to lift DACA again. And of course, He's faced criticism for his slow and poor and even ridiculous at times response to the mass shooting at the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, where 17 were killed by a 19-year-old with a semi-automatic military-style AR-15. And all of that is aside from the news. That was just this past week alone. Uh, And all of that is aside from the news that uh, the indicted Rick Gates, a former senior advisor to the 2016 Trump campaign and the Trump transition, may now be nearing a plea deal to cooperate with special counsel Robert Mueller in the Team Trump Russia investigation. So with all of that in a week as horrible as that for the president, I'm not sure if Donald Trump should be Happy about Friday's uh, new news from uh, from Mueller to distract from all of that, or if he should be very unhappy that it proves that, uh, among other things, his claims that Russia's interference in the 2016 election was uh, not, as he claimed repeatedly, fake news. Well, apparently what he really needed was the NFL to still be in season so he could start attacking black football players. That would have helped. Something like that would have helped. But no, instead he gets this news from Robert Mueller. So let's uh, let's start here today. I got a lot that I had hope, been hoping to get to until this broke uh, just a few hours before airtime today. A federal grand jury has indicted 13 Russian nationals and three Russian entities for allegedly meddling in the 2016 presidential election, charging them with conspiracy to defraud the U.S., the Department of Justice announced on Friday. In addition, three defendants were charged with conspiracy to commit wire fraud and bank fraud and five defendants with aggravated identity theft. Announcing the indictments on Friday, according to CNN, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein said the defendants allegedly conducted what they called information warfare against the United States with the stated goal of spreading distrust towards the candidates and the political system in general. The grand jury had been impaneled by special counsel Robert Mueller, who was investigating Uh, the alleged Russian interference in the 2016 election, as well as any possible connections between Russia and Trump and his campaign associates. FBI Director Chris Wray and Rosenstein briefed Donald Trump reportedly on these indictments at the White House on Friday morning, according to a White House official. Beginning as early as 2014, the Russian organization known as the Internet Research Agency began operations to interfere with the U.S. political system, including the 2016 elections. According to the indictment filed today, the defendants uh, allegedly posed as U.S. persons, created false U.S. personas and operated social media pages and groups designed to attract U.S. audiences The indictment reads the Internet Research Agency had a, quote, strategic goal to sow discord in the U.S. political system, including the election, according to the indictment. 
Russians posted, quote, derogatory information about a number of candidates, and by mid-2016, they had supported Trump and disparaged Democratic candidate Hillary Clinton. Uh, reading from the actual indictment here, um, it says that by 2016, defendants and their co-conspirators used f uh, used their fictitious online personas to interfere with the 2016 presidential election. They engaged in operations primarily intended to communicate derogatory information about Hillary Clinton to denigrate other candidates such as Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio and to support Bernie Sanders and then-candidate Donald Trump. That's from this uh, indictment issued today by the, uh, by the grand jury impa impaneled by Robert Mueller. The indictment charges the organization involved here bought ads and communicated with, unquote, unwitting people tied to the Trump campaign and others to coordinate political activities. Uh, Trump supporters today, of course, are using the uh, that claim about uh, being being contacted uh, with in contact with unwitting people about this. They're using that claim to assert that even if there was Russian interference in the election, which Trump had previously described many times as fake news, uh, and if any of those Russians communicated with the Trump campaign. Those they spoke to were unwitting. They had no idea they were speaking to uh, Russian agents. They had no idea. Therefore, there was no unlawful collusion with the Russians. They claim. That's what the uh, Trump, Trump and his supporters are now claiming. Trump used that information to tweet on Friday afternoon, an hour or two after the indictment had been released, that, quote, the Trump campaign did nothing wrong. No collusion. Well, maybe, uh, maybe not. Rosenstein uh, said th uh, Friday that the indictment, this indictment, does not contain in and of itself any allegations that any Americans knowingly participated in the activity that uh, these Russians have been indicted for. He pointedly did not say that there was no other activity or future indictments that, uh, that may charge as much. And he did not say there was no collusion, as Trump continues to assert. That may be true, but this indictment in and of itself says nothing of the kind. He and was very explicit about that. Well, he said there is no allegation in this indictment that any American was a knowing participant in this illegal activity. Rosenstein uh, also noted that there is no allegation in the indictment this indictment filed on Friday that the charge uh, conduct that the charged conduct altered the outcome of the 2016 election. So they're saying that uh, right now we are not charging that this activity changed the results. Uh, and Trump used that information as well to say in his tweet that, quote, the results of the election were not impacted. Well, <laughs> that is not what the indictment says. Right. Well, it may or may not be false, but it, it's, it's certainly it's not. It's a false claim to say that Rosenstein, Rosenstein said that there was no impact on the out. He did not say that. He said we have made no allegation at this time in this indictment. Right. 
so there is no evidence, frankly, either way right now, whether what these uh, Russians are charged with in this particular indictment, uh, if that affected the outcome of the election. They are they're not charging that it did, but they're not making the case that it did not. That is not what this indictment does. So I suspect we will have much more on this in the days ahead. Uh, as a matter of fact, I know we will, uh, but I, I don't want to let this escape. I don't want to let uh, what happened uh, last Wednesday uh, down in South Florida escape and, and sort of the dodges that we are now seeing from Republicans once again to do anything about it, to deflect blame. And uh, I'm sure today's indictment will, you know, will lead the media away from it, um, understandably. But I'm going to try to not get entirely away from it here for a moment. These comments from Senator Chuck Grassley. This was Thursday, I believe, the day after this shooting uh, that killed 17 down at uh, in Parkland, uh, Florida, South Florida. Uh, from from Senator Grassley, from Senator Chuck Grassley, are just kind of mind blowing to me. Chuck Grassley was the uh, was the, the the sponsor, the lead Senate sponsor of a bill to make it easier for mentally ill people to buy guns. This was passed just after uh, the inauguration. It was signed by Donald Trump. It made it easier for those who had been adjudicated by a court of law that they were not m mentally fit to manage their own finances. It uh, it made it easier for those people to be able to buy a weapon, people who had been adjudicated as mentally ill. This reversed an Obama-era rule that made that uh, much harder for them to do. And so Chuck Grassley, he actually was the lead sponsor of that. And it was a standalone bill. This is all that it did was lift that Obama-era rule. It passed. Apparently, we talked about it uh, on the show on Thursday, but apparently I hadn't realized it was just exactly one year prior to that, one year prior to Thursday. One year to the day. That this uh, law was lifted and that Donald Trump signed it into law. And then you had this, uh, this shooting on uh, Wednesday. And sure enough, like clockwork on Thursday, all the Republicans were saying, oh, it's mental health. we got to do something about mental health, mental health, even though they had lifted one one rule that made it harder for people with mental health issues to buy guns. Chuck Grassley was asked about that on Thursday and uh, Rachel Maddow picked it up. And it's kind of amazing what he said in response. We have not done a very good job of making sure that people that have mental reasons for not being able to handle a gun, getting their name into the FBI uh, files, and we need to concentrate on that. We have not done a very good job uh, with making sure that people with mental health issues are in the FBI background uh, check database, is essentially what he's saying. Chuck Grassley is the guy who made that harder for it to happen. Just kind of a mind-blowing excuse. Almost as mind-blowing as uh, Florida Senator Marco Rubio, who represents the state of Florida just after this killing and just after the killing, when was it, a couple of years ago, at the Pulse nightclub, that mass shooting that took place there. Uh, he goes on to the to the floor of the U.S. Senate and, well, let's just play this and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it afterwards because what he's doing here, the way he's trying desperately to deflect, is just mind-blowing. 
And so, hence the challenge for why it's so hard to find something that works. And there are a lot of proposals. And I'll share the ones because I've heard them before and I hear them today and I'm not diminishing them. I don't want this to be taken as because it won't work, I don't even want to hear your argument. I understand, I really do. You read in the newspaper that they used a certain kind of gun and therefore let's make it harder to get those kinds of guns. I don't have some sort of de facto religious objection to that or some ideological commitment to that per se. We're, there's all kinds of guns that are outlawed and weaponry that's outlawed and or a special category. The problem is we, we did that once and it didn't work for a lot of reasons. One of them is there's already millions of these in the street. And those things, they last a hundred years. And so you could pass a law that makes it hard to get this kind of gun in a new condition. But you're going to struggle to keep it out of the hands of someone who's decided that's what they want to use because there's so many of them out there already that would be grandfathered in. You can do a background check. The truth is, in almost all these cases I cited, the individual either erroneously passed a background check or would have passed it or did. It, again, uh, even if they couldn't pass the background check, then they could, go the, they could buy them the way MS-13 does and other gangs and other street elements do from the black market. Again, not because we shouldn't have the background check. I'm just trying to be clear and honest here. If someone's decided I'm going to commit this crime, they'll find a way to get the gun to do it. Hmm. That doesn't mean you shouldn't have a law that makes it harder. It just means understand to be honest. It isn't going to stop this from happening. Well, it kind of sounds like, uh, Marco Rubio, that you would uh, not like a law to make it harder. Because, oh, well, they're going to do it anyway, so why bother having a, why, why bother even trying to make it more difficult for a 19-year-old to buy an AR-15 and tons and tons of ammo and magazines? Why even try? They're going to get it anyway. They're going to get one anyway. So, you know, by his own logic, I guess we should do away with any laws when it comes to guns. We should do away with all background checks because the bad guys are going to find their way around them. So, you know, what's the point of having them at all? Any law. Why have any law? Because, you know, people are going to break them. Yeah, I mean, they're, if they're just going to find their way around them. So we don't need to change the laws because it really won't do any good. Uh <laughs> Patrick, uh, PWA1970, on, uh, on the Twitters, responded uh, to my comments when I saw that on, uh, on Twitter yesterday and, and added that by Rubio's logic, we would just, you know, do away with all background checks entirely. Patrick added, uh, and we should leave our doors unlocked. We should leave keys in our running cars, wallets dangling <laughs> out of our pockets. We should post our Social Security number online, click on every link in every shady email. Why make things challenging for the crooks? They're going to figure out a way anyone anyway. Uh, and he adds, good one, Marco, you numbnuts. So uh, the real reason, of course, that Marco Rubio is having to uh, dance around this issue and come up with absolutely inane explanations is because, as it turns out, well, here you go. Here's one reason. Marco Rubio is the, uh, let's see, in Congress, in all of Congress, apparently, uh, of the top 20 congressional recipients of money from the gun lobby in 2016. Marco Rubio was number two, just behind Ted Cruz, who, by the way, uh, blows everyone else away, uh, no pun intended, uh, when it comes to gun 
uh, gun lobby money. Uh, but yeah, he he got. Let's see, in 2016 alone, Marco Rubio received 176 thousand dollars from the arms industry. So of course he's going to do anything he can uh, to to serve them instead of serve his constituents who are demanding action on gun safety legislation. Not on mental health legislation, not on, uh, you know, other all sorts of other things and other excuses. See something, say something. Governor Rick Scott is uh, demanding an investigation as to why the FBI didn't take action sooner when they heard uh, apparently earlier in the year when they got a tip that uh, the shooter in this case might be planning such a school shooting. And there should be an investigation of that. But you can bet that Republicans are going to latch on to that and say, oh, this is the FBI's fault. There's nothing we could have done. The FBI should have solved this before it ever happened. Well, uh, looking back at uh, this 2017 New York Times, this was just after the Las Vegas massacre where 58 uh, people were gunned down in the streets of Las Vegas. 500 were shot. The same debate that we have all the time about guns and uh, what to do about our massive gun violence epidemic in the U.S., you know, Republicans claiming, oh, there's nothing we can do. Oh, we should do something about mental health. What? What mental health? You mean the mental health uh, that we already dealt with last year and made it easier for people with mental health problems to buy guns? So the same debate. We had the same debate after Las Vegas. We have it after every mass shooting. Nothing ever happens. But it's a phony debate. It's a phony debate. I want to say here, it's the guns, stupid and a whole bunch of uh, studies now from around the world back up that point. Back in uh, November, the New York Times, Max Fisher and Josh Keller ran a piece on this. They said when the world looks at the U.S., there's one quirk that constantly puzzles America's fans and critics alike. Why, they asked, does it experience so many mass shootings? Some speculate that it's because American society is unusually violent or it's racial divisions Uh, or its citizens lack proper mental care. Those explanations share one thing in common. Though they sound sensible, all have been debunked over and over by research on shootings elsewhere in the world. Instead, an ever-growing body of research consistently reaches the same conclusion. They write the only variable that can explain the high rate of mass shootings in America is its astronomical number of guns. Americans make up about 4.4% of the global population, but we own 42% of the world's guns. Say that one more time. 4% of the global population, and yet we own 42% of the world's guns. That, according to a 2015 study by Adam Lankford, a professor at the University of Alabama, adjusting for population then only Yemen appears to have a higher rate of mass shootings Yemen has the world's second highest rate of gun ownership after the US so there again high gun ownership high number of mass shootings worldwide Langford found a country's rate of gun ownership correlated with the odds that it would experience a mass shooting this relationship held even when he controlled, for homicide rates, suggesting that mass shootings 
are better explained by a society's access to guns than by its baseline level of violence. So even if you, you know, consider homicide rates, uh, we have much more, um, many more mass shootings than anywhere else uh, in the world, I guess, other than Yemen, uh, because of the number of guns. Uh, they write, if mental health made the difference, then data would show that Americans have more mental health problems than do people in other countries where there are fewer mass shootings. But the mental health care spending rate in the U.S., the number of mental health professionals per capita, the rate of severe mental disorders are all in line with those of other wealthy countries who don't have this number of mass shootings. A 2015 study estimated that only 4% of American gun deaths could be attributed to mental health issues. Lankford said that uh, countries with high suicide rates tended to have low rates of mass shootings, the opposite of what you would expect if uh, mental health problems correlated with mass shootings. Whether a population plays more or fewer video games also appears to have no impact. That's something you hear. Oh, it's because we have all of these video games. Well, Americans are no more no more likely to play video games than people in other developed countries where they don't have this problem with mass shootings. Racial diversity or other factors associated with social cohesion also show little correlation with gun deaths, according to this body of studies. America's gun homicide rate was 33 per million people in 2009. 33 for every 1 million people uh, killed by gun homicide. That far exceeds the average among developed countries. For example, in Canada uh, and Britain. In, Ca in Canada, it was a 5 per million. In Britain, it was 0.7 per million, respectively. So uh, that corresponds with the differences in gun ownership in those countries. Each have fewer guns, and thus they have fewer gun homicides. Americans sometimes see this as an expression of deeper problems with crime, but the U.S. is not actually more prone to crime than other developed countries, according to a landmark 1990, uh, 1999 study uh, from the University of California in Berkeley. That study found... In, in data that has been repeatedly confirmed that American crime is simply more lethal. We have the same amount of crime, but when crime happens in this country, you're more likely to die, specifically due to guns. A New Yorker is as likely to be robbed as a Londoner, for instance, but the New Yorker is 54 times more likely to be killed in that process. That study concluded that the discrepancy, like so many other anomalies of American violence, came down to guns. More gun ownership corresponds with more gun murders across virtually every axis. They say uh, they write among developed countries, among American states, among American towns and cities, and when you control for the crime rates. So if there's more guns in one state than another, that state is uh, going to have more gun murders. If there's more guns in one town versus another, that town, that city is going to have more, more gun murders than the other. It seems like it's common sense, but boy, oh boy, does Marco Rubio and the Republican Party twist themselves into knots to try to avoid this basic truth. 
As well, gun control legislation tends to reduce the number of murders, according to a recent analysis of 130 studies from 10 different countries, all finding the same thing. This suggests that the guns themselves and the number of them are what lead to the extraordinary rate of uh, gun violence that we have in this country. I just want to not let that get away, not let that get lost in the uh, in the sturm und drang of, uh, of Mueller's indictment and all of the other stuff we're going to be facing in the next few days. I've got more on uh, on this that I don't have time for. Thanks, Bob Mueller, underscoring that you know what? In many states, it is easier to buy a gun than to cast your vote. We'll have to hold that part part of this story for another day. We'll take a quick break and we will come back with, um, well, much more on, on, on voting, on Mueller and everything else right here on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't go away. Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. I read the news today, oh boy. Oh boy, indeed. Welcome back to the broadcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Uh, oh boy, indeed. Uh, Desi Doyen, you've got this uh, clip from CBS News. This is uh, Jeff uh, Pegues. How do you say it? Jeff Pegues. Jeff Pegues. He is the justice correspondent Talk for CBS News. For CBS News, talking about um, uh, Robert Mueller. Oh, and by the way, uh, Des, we are going one way or another. We're going to get to your uh, Green News report okay. today coming up. Don't All worry. right. Uh, if this stuff drives you crazy, just wait for that. That will be much better. All right. Uh, coming up. Uh, so here was uh, CBS News uh, talking about the uh, the indictments today against some uh, 13 Russian nationals and a number of Russian entities concerning the information warfare that they allegedly unleashed, uh, in particular uh, during the course of the 2016 election. It was a relatively low-cost operation for the Russian government to carry out. But it is a form of warfare that nation-states are now using. It is a form of warfare where they try to take cyber operations and infiltrate social media. It's from a playbook. It's, it is a playbook. Uh, it's called the uh, Gerasimov Doctrine. It is a new form of warfare. Uh, where you use information against populations mm -hmm. to to disrupt democracies, to create chaos. Mm -hmm. That's as that's it in a nutshell. A couple of weeks back, when we had the memo, the GOP memo that was going to come out discussing some of the intelligence behind the Russia investigation. Well, Russian bots were hyping up that story with the hashtag release the memo. They were a part of hyping up that story and the controversy 
behind that memo. So that just goes to show you how pervasive this Russian influence campaign still is influencing what people in countries are seeing and then you, you get to a point where people don't know the difference between what is real and what is mm -hmm. false. Yeah, speaking of that difference between what is real and what is false, um, even if we uh, assume the information is correct that Russian bots on Twitter and, and Facebook helped to push this release the memo meme, where did that meme come from? It came from Republicans who were putting out false news in the form of a memo and uh, having Fox News 24-7 going uh, you know, around the clock about release the memo. Release it. This is explosive. It's going to lead to dozens of people being sent to jail, including uh, Robert Mueller and Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton and everyone else. It was Fox News. It was Breitbart. It was right wing radio. I mean, you know, sure, I guess uh, some of the uh, Russians took part in this, I guess, on Twitter, according to this uh, to this indictment. But were they really needed? And is this so-called new form of warfare really anything new at all? The Kremlin operation alleged to have interfered in the 2016 campaign this according to uh, uh, TPM, stoked fears of voter fraud in advance of Election Day, purchasing ads on Facebook and using the hashtag voter fraud on Twitter. That's part of this uh, uh, indictment of these 13 Russian nationals that was uh, filed by Mueller's probe on Friday. One Facebook account, for example, alleged in August that, quote, Hillary Clinton has already committed voter fraud during the Democrat caucus, according to the indictment. A week later, the group uh, used its 10 GOP Twitter account that was supposed to suggest Tennessee GOP to report fictitious accusations of voter fraud being investigated in, in North Carolina a week before the election. On or about November 2nd, 2016, according to the indictment, defendants and their co-conspirators used the name uh, I'm sorry, use the same account to post allegations of, quote, hashtag voter fraud by counting tens of thousands of ineligible mail-in Hillary votes being reported in Broward County, Florida. That was from the directly from the indictment. And, of course, Donald Trump himself has uh, echoed those same claims, making false claims about Democratic voter fraud in the run-up to the uh, 2016 election. But as New York Times journalist James Pon uh, Ponywazik points out on Twitter today, this same claim about supposed voter fraud in Broward County, Florida, was being reported by Fox News on the exact same day. Uh, including not just Fox News, but the chairman of the Florida GOP, a guy by the name of Blaze Ingoglia, saying the exact same thing on uh, on Neil Cavuto's Fox News show above a Chiron, which read at the bottom of the screen, new questions about Florida vote as presidential race intensifies. This was just six days before the election. This was on Fox News. This was on Breitbart. This was on all of right wing radio. Here's what it sounded like that day on, uh, on, on Neil Cavuto. Some developments of voting irregularities that were feared but might actually be going on. What's the latest, Adam? 
Well, it has to do with Broward County, where Democrats outnumber Republicans two to one, and the vote-by-mail ballots, which are being counted. The Republican Party of Florida, the chairman, has sent a letter to the supervisor of elections in Broward County telling them to stop counting the vote-by-mail ballots because they're doing it improperly, and it could open the door for potential fraud. So that was the... That was essentially the fake news coming off of off of Fox News. And yes, it was echoed reportedly or or allegedly in this indictment by these Russian bots, which is terrible. Sorry to hear that. I'm sorry you're still that Fox News uh, with a much farther reach, a much broader audience uh, and all of the rest of the right right wing media was also echoing this completely fake news at the time. These are claims that, you know, the Fox, Breitbart, Rush Limbaugh, the entire right wing media propaganda machine have been making for years and years at this point about so-called voter fraud. Uh, I've been on this beat for about 15 years and I've been pointing out all of this this massive disinformation. And also, you know, on the that Kabuto goes on to interview the. Uh, the head of the Florida GOP making the very same claims himself, the top Republican official in the state of Florida. So I've been trying to point this out for 15 years, not just since the 2016 election or since the 2014 election, when this indictment says that uh, Russians were doing this. This has been going on for years and years. Long enough, you know, I've been doing it for 15 years. Few were taking my concerns particularly seriously at the time. I guess if it takes uh, Russians getting into the same game that uh, that that Republicans have been doing for years, if that's what it takes for people to be concerned about this, well, then that's good, I guess. Russians may have decided recently to join in the fun and spend a few dollars on it. But the money that they spent is nothing near the tens and hundreds of millions. We're actually into the billions of dollars now at this point that the that the GOP and its media machine have spent to make these very same false and, yes, fake news arguments. Ari Berman points out uh, from Mother Jones points out today, quote, big news from the Mueller indictment. Russians stole a page from Republican playbook and tried to suppress minority turnout for Hillary Rodham Clinton. Spread lies about voter fraud in 2016. Thank you, Ari. Yes, that is the Republican playbook. Lee Fong over The Intercept uh, noted, how is Americans for Prosperity, a fake grassroots group uh, funded by uh, the Koch brothers, that used hyper-partisan conspiracy theories to organize rallies and to air ads to elect hundreds of Republicans to office, how is that any different? Political deception is okay when the oligarchs behind it are U.S. citizens? Asks Fong. Thank you. NBC News on uh, on Wednesday uh, published thousands of tweets said to have been created by Russian troll accounts during the 2016 presidential race that were deleted by Twitter after the uh, after the company tied them to, quote, malicious activity. The hundreds of thousands of tweets range from inflammatory subjects such as allegations of Democrats practicing witchcraft. Oh, I'm sure that uh, swayed a lot of voters. I was going to vote for Hillary, but then I found out uh, she might be uh, she was a Democrat and they practice witchcraft. So I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. Uh, so those are some of the allegations, uh, the radical anti-police rhetoric, 
Uh, and there were more benign messages, such as praise for the former first lady, Michelle Obama. These were some of the messages said to be tied to uh, Russian activity. Director of National Intelligence Dan Coats warned in uh, congressional testimony a few days ago that Russia would pursue similar tactics in the 2018 midterm elections if uh, they weren't confronted by the U.S., that's Donald Trump's director of national intelligence, Dan Coats. He said there should be no doubt that Russia perceives its past efforts as successful and views the 2018 U.S. midterm elections as a potential target for Russian influence operations. Coates told the Senate Intelligence Committee on Tuesday, quote, we expect Russia to continue using propaganda, social media, false flag personas, etc. All right, well. We could, and I guess we should worry about that, about allegedly phony troll accounts linked to the uh, to, linked to the Kremlin. Those were apparently the ones in the uh, in today's indictment. But in truth, I got to tell you, I am far more worried about the fake news that is coming from inside the house. Frankly, what what those accounts are accused of doing, uh, the lies that they spread, those are the very same lies that Fox News and the wingnut media and talk radio have been spreading for years. If the Russians did it, they learned how to do it from Rush Limbaugh and Fox News, frankly. Yes, and, and the Republicans and Trump supporters were ripe for the picking as well. I mean, they ate it up. They ate up all the disinformation that the Republicans put out and that the Republican that the Russians stole from the Republican. They playbook. were they were ripe for the picking because it's the same stuff that right. they had been hearing for so many years on their own media. So, I, you know, yes, uh, it is outrageous that a foreign country uh, may have been involved in some way in our elections. Yes, it's true that the U.S. has been involved in some way in foreign countries, elections. I don't think it's good when anybody messes with democracy. I don't like it. But all of this said, um, we appear to be entering an even more insidious era of fake news in this country, even worse than Fox News and Breitbart and all of the right-wing media across all of our public airwaves, pretty much except here on the broadcast and a tiny handful of others. It's uh, this is about to get worse. No, not the Russians. No, not the Fox News. Uh, even worse than that, as Republican candidates and officials themselves are setting up and using actual fake news sites themselves without letting the public know that they are fake and or that they are run by the Republicans and their paid for supporters. Politico had a, a this is a remarkable story on this a few days ago. Jason Schwartz writes, uh, it looked as if Arizona Senate candidate Kelly Ward had scored a big endorsement. On October 28th, she posted a link on her campaign website and blasted out a Facebook post quoting extensively from a column in the Arizona Monitor. Ticking off the names of Ward's competitors in the Republican primary to replace Senator Jeff Flake, the monitor declared, quote, they all, despite how much some of them profess their love and devotion to President Trump, didn't have the stones to run against Jeff Flake and will have made the brave decision to run for Senate only after Flake decided he wasn't going to run. Kelly Ward, 
They wrote, who had already promised to challenge Flake even before Flake had announced he was not going to run for re-election, Kelly Ward is your woman, the Monitor reported. And Kelly Ward uh, sent that out uh, to all her friends on, 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 fit, on Twitter, on Facebook, and so forth. There was just one problem, Schwartz notes. Despite its reputable-sounding name, the Arizona Monitor is not actually a real news site. It's an anonymous pro-Ward blog that has referred to her primary opponent, Martha McSally, as, quote, Shifty McSally has frequently blasted Flake. At the top of its homepage, it proclaims that its mission is, quote, striking fear into the heart of the establishment. The site launched just a few weeks before publishing that endorsement. Its domain name uh, registration remains hidden. So we don't know who's the owner of it on its Facebook page. It's classified nonetheless as a news site. The Arizona Monitor seems to be part of a growing trend of conservative, I would say right wing, political messaging sites with names that mimic those of mainstream news organizations and whose favored candidates then tout their stories and and endorsements as if they came from real independent journalists. Politico reports that this is a phenomenon that is now spanning the country from northern New England, where the anonymous Maine examiner wreaked havoc on a recent mayoral election, all the way out to California, where Congressman Devin Nunes launched his own so-called news outlet called the California Republican. Nunes disclosed his uh, his connection in tiny, tiny little letters at the bottom of the site. But the most dangerous of these sites operate anonymously with no bylines or masthead at all, according to experts. Several of the fake news uh, URLs that popped up during the 2016 presidential election adopted a similar strategy that the Republicans are now embracing. Zach Henry, a spokesman for the award campaign, denied any connection to the monitor, said he doesn't know who's behind it. Seemingly nobody in Arizona politics knows who actually runs the monitor. But, uh, you know, if you scroll through Ward's Facebook page, a link to the monitor looks like just a a link from uh, from the Arizona Republic, the state's paper of record. So this is a big thing that is happening. Uh, The Monitor is not the only example of an anonymous news site gaining traction, presenting itself as a legit news source. In September, the AP called out the Republican Governors Association for operating what appeared to be a news site called the Free Telegraph without disclosing its own involvement. The Republican Governors Association was doing this. After the AP reported it, the a- the RGA added in tiny text at the bottom of its home pa- homepage, paid for by Republican Governors Association. That disclosure, however, has since been removed from the front page of that fake news site, the Free Telegraph. Uh, the, the, the RGA also had ties to some site called the Republican Standard. Uh, that was uh, used by uh, Virginia Republican operatives to promote Ed Gillespie and his failed gubernatorial bid last year. In Maine, there's this uh, fake outfit called the Maine Examiner. Shortly before the December mayoral election in Lewiston, Maine, which is the second state's second largest city, that site started attacking the Democratic candidate Ben Chin as an out-of-touch elitist 
claiming on December 3rd uh, that leaked email. Ben Chin says Lewiston voters are a bunch of racists. Turns out Chin had said no such thing. The examiner report, however, took him wildly out of context to make this claim and the story spread around town. Nine days later, Chin, the Democrat, ended up losing by just 145 votes. So uh, I could go on and on here, but I don't have time. Uh, The point being, uh, yeah, I'm concerned about uh, whatever Russia is doing in our elections. I am concerned, in fact, far more concerned when it comes to the spread of propaganda by what we are doing. The problem that is coming from inside our own house, specifically inside our own American media, our right wing media. And uh, that is a problem that fake news that is getting worse and worse by the day. Because Republicans themselves are now getting into the fake news business. So we should worry about Russia. uh, But frankly, the greater threat to this nation remains the Republican Party. Quick break and we're back with the Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. Hey, this is Brad. If you haven't noticed by now, it's no easy feat finding facts, real facts, not alternative facts, over your public airwaves. We try to bring you real facts, truth, and clarity without fear or favor each and every day on the Bradcast. But we need your help to do it. If you enjoy the show and or get something from it, please give back a bit, if you can, by visiting us at bradblog.com donate. Your support helps Desi and me continue to bring you real, independent, progressive news five days a week over your public airwaves. We simply can't do it without your help, and that help is needed more now than ever. Please stop by bradblog.com slash donate today to make a one-time donation or, even better, automated monthly support. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you can rest easy knowing that we'll be here every day making sense of it all, or at least trying to. That's bradblog.com slash donate, and thanks. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Desi, I'm just looking at this article still from Politico during the break here. Uh, NYU media professor Charles Glasser says the entry cost of creating a fake news page is insignificant, so you don't have to be the Kremlin, he warns. This is, uh, you know, I know that a lot of uh, Democrats are excited uh, because they think that, oh, if we you know, go back to Russia, it's going to lead back to Donald Trump. That's going to remove him from office. Good. I understand that. Fine. Um, But we really do need to pay attention to what is going on inside our own house when it comes to propaganda and fake news. Agreed. Getting worse, not better. That said, never fake news from Desi (laughs) Doyen in our latest Green News Report. I think there's assumptions made that because the climate is warming, that that necessarily is a bad thing. Assumptions made by U.S. intelligence agencies who contradict the Trump administration on climate risks. The question is whether the public message that Exxon put out there to investors constituted fraud. ExxonMobil countersues against climate change lawsuits. 
Broadcast news still failing to inform the public about the real-life impacts of climate change. Plus, the Queen of England has had it with single-use plastic waste. All of those stories and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. Today's snarky comment comes from commenter Joe, who writes in to say, I really wish you would just stick to the facts and drop the inane snarky comments. It's douchey. Okay, Joe. No snarky comments for anybody then. Thanks. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, we are coming up on the ninth anniversary of the Green News Report. So thanks to those of you who stopped by bradblog.com slash donate to help us in our 10th year. But now, I guess... We're going to have to cut out the snarky comments, oh, says no. Joe. Well, I disagree. He, he, that's what he says. It's douchey. Never douchey, however, are your reports. What do you have for us today, Des? Well, U.S. intelligence agencies are openly defying the Trump administration's denial of climate change. You may remember that last week, EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt tried again to mislead the American public by sowing doubt about whether climate change is as dangerous as scientists warn that it is. Is it an existential threat? Is it something that is unsustainable? So I think there's assumptions made that because the climate is warming, that that necessarily is a bad thing. Well, this week, the U.S. intelligence agencies in their annual worldwide threat assessment said it is unequivocally a bad thing, joining with federal science agencies in directly contradicting the Trump administration. The threat assessment unambiguously warns of the destabilizing influence of climate change, like extreme weather events that, quote, raise the risk of humanitarian disasters, conflict, water and food shortages, and population migration. Further, the assessment says that climate change is, quote, likely to fuel economic and social discontent and possibly upheaval through 2018. Well, since when does the Trump administration listen to U.S. intelligence agencies? Is that too snarky? I don't think so. The Trump administration this week also moved to repeal one of the last unchallenged Obama-era climate change regulations, a rule that required oil and gas companies to fix and capture methane leaks from drilling on public lands. Multiple outside analyses have found that, contrary to Trump's claims about deregulation, repealing the methane rule will not actually create any new jobs. It will actually reduce the natural gas supply from public lands because of leaks, and the public will lose out on royalties from all that wasted natural gas, as much as $23 million a year. Yeah, but it will make the Republicans' fossil fuel donors very happy. Speaking of Republican fossil fuel donors, ExxonMobil is turning the tables in court and is now suing the lawyers who are suing it over climate change. (laughs) Exxon's countersuit claims that attorneys general, public officials, and environmental groups are conspiring against it. Exxon is targeting at least 30 people and organizations organizations, including the attorneys general of New York, California and Massachusetts, who are suing Exxon over allegations that it misled the public and its investors about climate change, despite knowing the risks of the use of fossil fuels. Good luck with that, Exxon. Well, critics do suggest that the gambit is intended to harass mayors and city attorneys into dropping their lawsuits. Media Matters says the broadcast news networks are reporting more on climate change, but still failing to educate the public about its real-life 
impact. The analysis of nightly news shows and Sunday morning shows found that in all of 2017, a year of historic, deadly weather disasters, there was indeed more coverage of climate change. But corporate media outlets focused largely on Trump and his uninformed opinions, and they undercovered or ignored the administration's rollback of pollution standards and focused even less on climate science and the impacts of global warming on people, the economy, and national security. Very douchey. Finally, the Queen of England has had it with plastic waste. The UK's Telegraph reports that the monarch is believed to be behind an announcement this week that Buckingham Palace will phase out single-use plastics like plastic straws, bottles, and utensils from its public cafes and all royal properties and will switch to compostable and biodegradable packaging for the royal family to do its part to reduce plastic waste in the ocean. Long live the Queen! For much more on all of those reports and the ones we couldn't get to, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Don't forget you can download our reports anytime via Stitcher, TuneIn, or iTunes. Find us, follow us, and share us worldwide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyne. And this has been your Green News Report. Mr. Young, uh, and thank you, Ms. Doyen. Uh-huh. Um, boy, we really need, we just need, uh, we need more time. More time in the day. <laughs> more than an hour each day. Uh, lots of uh, stuff to fit in. Yep. I don't know how we do it. I know how we do it. You should hear all the stuff we don't get to cover each day I because know. of all this crap that's oh, going man. on. <laughs> Uh, and if some angel would just show up at bradblog.com slash donate to uh, give us a whole bunch of money, maybe we could afford to do a second hour each day. Ah. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, my thanks to those of you who have stopped by bradblog.com slash donate to help us continue to do what we try to do every day over your public airwaves by offering you real not fake news, though often real news about fake news. How's that? Uh, uh, real guns and fake news. That seems to be the theme for the day, doesn't it? All right. Uh, Got to get out here. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, and to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you'd like to, uh, if you missed any portion of our show, of today's show or any other, you can always download it for free at bradblog.com or on your favorite podcast site, wherever that may be. You can drop me email if you like. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. And I hope you will find and follow me and share me on the Facebooks and the Twitters where I can be found at uh, the Brad Blog. That's it. Thanks again for stopping by bradblog.com slash donate if you can. It is much needed and much appreciated. And until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Oh,